Welcome to the Room Exchange Podcast, helping you rent better. In this podcast, we're having conversations with industry leaders in the rental market, along with everyday renters sharing fascinating stories, insights, and tips to help you rent better. Thank you for joining us on the Room Exchange podcast. I'm Ludwina Dordovic, your host, and I'd like to warmly welcome you to our first official episode. Since our podcast is all about helping you rent better, I thought it would be a great idea to kick off the show with a conversation around how to successfully apply for a rental property. So today I'm having a chat with Ray Ellis, the CEO of First National Real Estate. Ray has had a strong business career in Australia and internationally through a variety of industries, including financial, funds management, sports management, logistics, motor vehicle industry, travel and real estate. Thanks for joining us today, Ray. Pleasure to be here, Ludwina, and that's a very impressive resume, but it's all about real estate in Australia at the moment. It's a topic on everybody's mind. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And look, I just firstly wanted to thank you for being the first guest on our show. I'm really honoured. Well, I'm, I'm honoured to be chosen the first guest. I'm sure there's many people who contribute better than myself, but we'll give it a go and let's make the first one a good one. Fantastic. Okay, so we're going to be talking today about how to successfully apply for rental property, but let's um, kick it off with a little bit of insight in what's happening in the uh, rental market today in Australia. It's, uh, well, anybody who's listening, reads the papers, watch the news and know that virtually real estate is booming around the country. They don't need a real estate CEO to tell them that. You see it on your news and the daily newspapers every day. And that has a consequences on the rental market. The rental market is very, very, very strong, mainly caused about by the upsurge in interest. Um, transactions are a record high. In fact, we haven't seen teams like this for real estate transactions for at least 10 or 15 years. Obviously, there'll be some slowing down in 2022 after a record 18 months, but that means the scarcity of rental properties has now become evident in the market. Because what we saw during the hardcore COVID times is that everybody treated their house as their home and as in a great Australian movie, The Castle. So I know initially when we get, went back to March or April last year, there was some concern by the federal and state governments, the banking institutions, that people would get behind in their rental payments, get behind in their mortgage payments, and that didn't eventuate. Because of all the circumstances, be it very tragic and very minor, that people confronted during COVID times, they weren't going to fall in arrears for their mortgage and definitely weren't going to fall in arrears for their rents. So even though you rent a property, it is still your home. It is still your castle. It is still your place of abode for your family. So it's very, very important in that Australian psyche. Mortgage repayments, the high anticipated deferrals didn't occur. And I know from our own offices, one in the um, Castle Hill area in Sydney and New South Wales, they have a rent roll of 1,500. They had less than 1% of people apply for deferrals because people wanted to make sure their home was protected. So what that means now going forward is there are less and less rental properties becoming available to rent. So the getting your application right, getting your finances right is a key to it because the demand is very, very high. Okay. All right. That's actually quite interesting because I hadn't actually heard the statistics in terms of how many people had defaulted on mortgages or on their rent. We certainly didn't. Like it was, I think the reasons are very much, you know, like what you said, it's like the first thing that gets paid is the mortgage or the rent. It's the very first thing. And then everything else comes after that. So that's um, actually good to hear. So let's start with what are the first steps in actually putting together a successful application for a rental property? Well, okay. 
like a lot of things, but real estate's the biggest transaction in our life when we buy a property, but it's also the most important transaction we're going to rent, whether we're moving out of home or moving jobs or in between buying a place. Again, it's still a place where our family or ourselves lives. So if you're going to look at renting or you think of moving where you are now, it's very, very important that your credentials are in place. I know from it's not my role to give financial advice. I'm not a trained financial planner, but it's very, very important that you pay your bills on time because every single person in Australia has what we call a credit rating or a credit check. And all financial institutions, banks, uh, landlords, real estate agents, everybody goes to this process to check out someone's financial credibilities. So I know sometimes it might seem easy, let's not pay the gas bill, let's wait a couple of days, I can't afford to pay my utility bills this week, I'll pay it next week. That shows, not that necessarily you're a credit risk, it shows you're not treating your financial commitment seriously. So the first thing, even before you start to think about it, make sure your financial budgets are in control. I know that's difficult for some people, but if you don't, that'll go against you in a rental application because your credit check won't be as high as someone else's. So then is that something that people should be considering even way before they start to apply for a rental property? But it's, it's not just for rentals, it's for car loans, it's for mortgages, it's for finance, for a whole range of things. So your financial credit rating is very, very important to you. And it's easy to do, just pay everything on time, don't overextend yourself and manage your budgets properly. Because it will count in your favour if there's 20 or 30 people going for the rental property and you have a poor financial check, you will not get to the top of the pile because someone else will be better than you. So get that right first. Very, very important. Okay, so that's kind of like the pre-preparation, just making sure that you've got your life financial affairs in order and looking at them in a way where if you need your credit rating to be right on top down the road, which everybody does, then make sure that it's actually in the right place before you apply. And that'll just make one of the processes of applying for a rental easier. Okay. So what do you need to do to prepare yourself for the actual application itself? What do you need to start putting together? You need to start putting together all your information, your driver's license, your Medicare records. There's a myriad of information depending on state legislation. It varies from state to state to prove who you actually are and prove that you have the financial means, i.e. a solid job, i.e. a steady income. And in this day and age where people work on contracts for one or two years or casual full-time work, that doesn't necessarily go against you, but you have to show a record of sensible employment, sensible ability to earn an income. Again, that places you above the pack. So that's the second most thing. Have a very clear understanding of what you want to rent and where you want to rent. Don't just sort of think, oh, I'll rent anywhere from Fremantle to Perth or anywhere in the western suburbs in Melbourne or anywhere in the beautiful you know, Kingston or the Huon Valley in Hobart or whatever. Have a clear idea. This is around where I want to work. This is where it's got the infrastructure, the trains, the trams or the bus routes to take me to and from work. And that way will hone it into certain number of residential properties available to rent. And of course, with the internet services and a number of portals, and of course, I've got to say firstastral.com.au is the best portal for your rental advice, but you then can do sub-searches, you can get alerts. So you need a plan of attack of what you want to do. So when then something comes available, you are ready, willing, and able to make an application in the process. That's to find the property. But the best tip I can give your listeners is become known to the local agent, which then comes back to 
what where you want to live because you can't actually become known to 68 agents in 42 suburbs. So if, if you're choosing, let's say that Paddington, Red Hill, Tawong, Milton area in Brisbane, they're four or five suburbs close to the city, close to the railway line, close to the bus routes, close to the ferry on the river. So there'll be 10, 5, 20 local agents around there. Make yourself known to them. Get them on your data, get on their data days. Let them know you want to buy a property. Then they'll know you. So when something comes available, there's a 90% chance if you've applied for something before and you're known to them, they will contact you first and you will beat the crowd. So it's about having where you want to go, why you want to go there, having a plan because the best person, the portals aren't this, the internet is not this. The best person knows what's going on in the marketplace is your local real estate agent. And the best of them, of course, is a first national agent. <laughs> now, I've got a few questions I want to pick up just on some of those points there. The first one is um, what would you say is a fair percentage of income that you would need to have to be able to pay your rent? So is it a quarter? Is it a third? Is it, you know, like what's the figure these days? It varies because there's a new property come on the market in Turak in Melbourne that's available for $12,000 a week. So if you're looking for a percentage of your income, if you can afford $12,000 a week for rental property, you can do okay. But uh, you know, out in, out in um, Penrith, you know, the rents there are $200, $250 a week. So it's not so much the actual amount, it is a percentage, but what you have to consider, you have financial commitments, that is rent, car repayments, transportation, doctor's bills, food, utilities whatsoever. And if you're in an environment where those whole components is more than 70 or 80% of your weekly income, you're probably not managing your budget well. So I can't give a figure of just for rents, but 70 to 80% should be for the necessity of life to be able to live a good, happy life here in beautiful Australia. If it's more than that, you're eventually going to get into financial um, difficulties. Yeah. I just think it's good for, you know, young people who are looking to rent for the first time just for them to have an idea on what percentage of their income that they need to be putting aside for rent and or possibly what agents would be looking for in terms of, oh, yeah, that's your income, but this is a rent. I'm not quite sure if they'd be ideal for it. So I think it's good to have some kind of rough idea. The other thing that you um, also mentioned about being self-employed, I think you said something about um, you might uh, be subcontracting for a company for a year or so and don't let that deter you. Work is actually changing a lot now and there's a lot of people who don't have that sort of quote-unquote full-time job and that they are subbing out. It might be to you know through various platforms, kind of digital work, things like that. So what you're saying is that uh, that is okay just as long as they can show regular and consistent income. Correct. We're not made. The days of working somewhere for 20 years being considered a solid citizen are certainly moved on now in Australia. So, you know, the younger generation, that's anyone under 35, they consider a one, two, three year contract at a company more than enough to give them flexibility. And with the current employment situation in Australia, where there is, I'm going to say, hundreds of thousands of jobs available across Australia, the real estate agent is certainly well aware of that. We go the same position in our, in our workforce as well. Fluid. Being fluid and being flexible for an employer and employee is now part of the Australian landscape. Mm, okay. Now, um, you also talked about making yourself known to the local agents. So 
I um, am a landlord and a tenant. Earlier this year, I was applying for another property because we had to leave our previous one. And one of the things that I did, which was organic because I'm a people person and I'm, I pride myself in building relationships with people, is that when we went along to each inspection, I made sure I was the first one there. I think that shows punctuality. Secondly, that I had a business card in my hand and I handed it to the person at the door, introduced myself. And then as soon as we left the property, if it was something that I wanted to apply for, I then sent them an email straight away. So is that the kind of thing that you're talking about? You're talking about business and relationships 101. Make yourself known and stand out for it. You didn't become a number. You didn't become another application form. You didn't be someone they could assess you without knowing who you were and your personality. At some stage, you might have annoyed them a little bit by sending them too much information. That is a good thing because they then know you. You are not number one, three, five, nine, twelve, and 14. You became a person and not a number. If you don't do that, you will be overlooked. And I'm surprising 95% of people don't do it. They just trust the email process or trust the online application process. What you did was separate yourself from the ruck. And I'm sure you know, your own personality, you were well-dressed, you were well-mannered, you spoke well, and that put you in good stead as well when the stage made up their minds. Yeah, look, I agree with that because I think all things being equal, let's just say there's a half a dozen people that they're sort of, uh, they've shortlisted. I think the ones that stand out to them the most, as in a face that they can recognise or conversation that they had, that certainly is going to put that person ahead. It has to. It's just human nature. Well, it's exactly because landlords are not people to be feared. Landlords is the good average Australian that lives in a suburb that has bought an investment property and the number one they th- the thing they want is a good tenant that is going to pay the rent on time is important, but more importantly, look after their investment. So if you can demonstrate your character, your references, your type of personality, then we as an agent will judge that because we want a good tenant in that property. And therefore, the relationship between the landlord, the real estate agent and the tenant works well because everyone's in sync and you need to be in that position where you're the person chosen. Yeah, look, I think that's a good point you bring up because there seems to be this kind of legacy hangover of tension between landlords and tenants. That, you know, tenants think that landlords are, you know, out for everything and landlords think that tenants are going to ruin their place. The majority of tenancies are actually really good stories. Unfortunately, they're ones that we just don't hear about, right? Exactly. I mean, we've all seen every six weeks that show on any of the commercial networks, even the ABC, but particularly, say, Current Affair, you know, tenant from hell, landlord from hell. They're very, very unique stories, and both of them generally come to do some flaws in the character of each person. But in reality, if you go to any street in Australia and there's 20 houses on one side of the street and 20 on the other, 10 to 12 of those could be rented. And they look after that property and the landlord's very happy and that reflects in the rental income at the same time. One of the things that you brought up in our um, pre-interview conversation was just such a simple thing and it's paying attention to even what you're writing or how you're writing in your application. Tell the listeners about that. Grammar is a declining art. Text messaging and abbreviations has a lot to do with that. But English in particular has always been an evolving language. So I don't get too hung up on different words and phrases, all those sorts of things. But if you can't string two sentences together and you haven't had the time to look at it, that reflects on you as well. Because it's the first thing we read as an estate agent. The first thing we read is your application. 
So if at least you could get the spelling right, spell checks available everywhere, at least you read, read it before you put it in there, please do that. I know on a different subject but the same thing, sometimes we receive applications and the first to work with us and the first line says, I've always wanted to work in the pharmaceutical industry. Well, spell check's not going to pick that up because pharmaceutical is spelled correctly, but at least do a spell check for pharmaceutical because that was your last job application, at least change in the real estate industry. So these are simple techniques, but again, the whole thrust of this conversation, and it's a credit to you providing it for your listeners, is about how do you separate yourself from the 30, 40, 50 people that are lining up to be rent this property? How do you get it? Because you're sick of lining up for it. The real estate agent's sick of being there. The landlord's sick of it being empty. We want you to be in there first. Mm. One of the things that I also did was once um, I had the opportunity to put forward some references or application for a property, the property that maybe I apply for that didn't come through for me, I then followed that up with a conversation, well, can I let you know what it is that I am looking for? And what happened as a result of that was that I was notified as soon as properties in the area that were similar to what I wanted came on the market. And that meant then that I was able to go and, yes, I'd like to have a look at this and go be one of the first people to see it because I'd already established a relationship with the agent. 100%. I think we touched on it earlier about letting them be known, becoming a relationship. They'd already evaluated you by the way you conducted yourself with them. So they remembered you, they found this property rather than go through the whole process of doing ads and applications and roll-ups and open for inspections, they save themselves time, save the landlord money by going straight to you. It's a perfect example of what we spoke about earlier. Mm. Okay, so let's um, shift the conversation a little bit now. I'd like to talk about how a group of people who want a share house should apply for the property. And obviously we'll assume that the same principles apply just times two or three or however many people are going to actually create a share house. But what are some good practices that can be put in place in a share house environment? Well, I have to begin with the classic scenario, which just doesn't apply to real estate or rentals, tell the truth. Tell the real estate agent there's going to be three people sharing this property. Don't sort of think I'll just get the lease and then sneak the other people in because you'll be found out and there'll be all sorts of trouble with those times. So be specific about it. We are three girlfriends, two brothers and sisters, whatever it is, just lay it out. Again, that's not going to scare you away, whatever it is. A brother and sister shows a good people. They, they used to live together. Three friends, they know each other. So there's three incomes coming in that house or whatever. So don't sort of think it's bad news. Just tell the truth. But most importantly, get one person on the lease. Because if you have three people on the lease, it might seem we're all sharing or those sorts of things. It doesn't work out because one wants to go, you've got to change the lease. So you have to elect a captain of the house. They're the ones that take the lease. Their responsibility is to collect the rent off everyone else because it's not the real estate agent's issue. The real estate agent's property manager issue is how do we collect the rent from one person? So just get care of those sorts of things. Tell the truth. Who work out who's going to be the captain, make sure that three people can live there and that's what the landlord is happy about or whatever and everything will work out fine. So when I've had tenants in my rental property before, and this is in the scenario that you've just spoken about, this was three-bedroom house, have all the tenants on the lease, but then when one leaves and somebody else comes in, we exit one from the lease and then we do a new lease and add the new person on. And I've always had one person that's kind of the primary as what you call the chief. So that would be the preferred scenario, I'd imagine, because anyone who's living in the house is also responsible for the house, right? Correct. 
but you make the chief or the captain responsible. You can't be responsible for everybody there because it becomes too difficult. It is a dispute over broken windows or damage or something like that. You just need to be able to go to one person. Otherwise, it might seem easier at the time because everybody starts out, oh, this is wonderful. We all love each other. We're in a great, can't wait to share an apartment with each other. Three weeks later, it could be an entirely different story. Yeah, and life does change, particularly in the lives of young people as well. I've had some um, conversations recently with um, some uh, young adults in their 20s who were applying for a property and I was trying to give them a bit of advice on, you know, putting themselves forward, as you say, and they felt, well, oh, I don't want to be pushy, I, you know, I don't want to bother them. Do you think it might be intimidation? It's a changing demographics. I'm the last person to criticise young people. We were all young once. When you're young, you should be changing the world, going on adventures, falling in out of love, questioning everything or whatever. That's the rite of passage of youth. But unfortunately, in today's world, we're placed with a new phenomenon, which is anyone 26 or under was born with an iPad in their crib. So social media, texting, the ability to hide behind a computer, the ability to hide without engaging a conversation has virtually become the norm. So therefore, the social skills required to make eye contact, shake someone's hand and engage in sensible conversation is a diminishing factor because the ability to engage in a conversation, the ability to put yourself out there, the ability to be outside a comfort zone is what makes life exciting. Give it a go. No one's going to judge you. You're going to stuff it up. You're going to make mistakes or whatever, but get out of your comfort zone, ring the estate agent, and you'll be ahead of the pack again. Yeah, look, I think you're right there. And the only thing that you can do is do everything that you can to succeed in what it is that you want. And if what you want to succeed in is to get a property, then the main point of this conversation is do, I have this actual, this belief in business and I've been in business for 28 years. It's like when people say, you know, why you're successful and it's because I'm willing to do the things that most people are not. Correct. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and, you know, you want to hear something from it, it's just like, well, what are other people not doing? And then do that, you know, do the thing that, is going to make you stand out, it's going to make you be remembered, you know, and being engaging and connecting with people. I think the other thing too that's probably important to note is that I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the majority of people who are making decisions about who's going to rent this, um, somebody's investment property, and mind you, 70% or something from what I understand of investment properties in Australia are mum and dad investors. So it's not like they're, you know, big developers or anything. They're people who really care about the house, right? 100%. It's even higher, but 100%. Yep. Yeah. So I think the majority of people who are making decisions about that are probably above that 26 plus demographic and are used to actually having eye contact, conversation and connection. So I think you would be impressing yourself upon the decision maker if you were to do the very thing that they wouldn't be expecting you to. So I think it's important that we give young people an opportunity to step into the rental market. And, you know, I've certainly done that with my rental property and I have conversations with their parents and get them to go guarantor if they've never rented before, because the only way that they can start is if somebody gives them a go. There's certain things that they have to do though, and they definitely have to look me in the eye. 100%. Yeah, fantastic. All right. So um, just before we wrap up, I think it's probably a good idea. How about you just recap on some of the key points that you mentioned in terms of successfully applying for a rental property? In very clear terms for your audience, get your financial affairs in order, pay your bills on time, get a good credit rating, will help you not just for rental, will help you with life. Isolate where you want to live, 
Don't just think I'll live anywhere west of Sydney, anywhere north of Adelaide or south of Adelaide or up in the hills in Adelaide or other areas I mentioned. Work out where you want to live or what suits you from infrastructure, trains, shopping, schools or whatever. Isolate that, those areas. Start to follow the portals, of which the best one is firstnational.com.au. And then once you isolate that, then start to give you known to the local agents, impress them with your character, impress them with your cleanliness, tidiness, dress sense and grammar your and your penmanship and keep in contact with them. For the young people, it's not being annoying. It's just called building a relationship and then you will be in best position that when a property comes on the market, which is not necessarily in the portals because the agents don't necessarily put it on straight away because they go to people like you did when you're searching or whatever and you'll be well ahead of the pack and you'll get a property a lot easier and quicker than anyone else. Follow those simple tips. Good, good, good. Okay, so how can people find out more about you or your agency? Well, if they, I'm fortunate to be the CEO of First National, representing our 350 agents throughout Australia, New Zealand, and the South Pacific. So, as I've said, firstnational.com.au, or if they want to contact me direct, I'm very happy to receive emails to ray.ellis, E W L I S, at firstnational.com.au, and I'll put you in contact with the best local agent in your area, and we'll see if we can assist you. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ray. Thank you again for being my first guest on this show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and we must get you back on the show in the future. Pleasure and I hope it goes well. Well done on what you're doing. This will be a great benefit to not just young people but many people throughout Australia. Real estate's exciting. It's what we live and breathe for because of where we have our hopes, our investments and our dreams to raise a great Australian family and anything we can do to help. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on the Room Exchange podcast. Remember to subscribe to the podcast at your favourite podcast directory. If you leave us a review, we'll actually read it out in a future episode. Now, next week, I have Chris Bellasini from undercoveragent.com.au. We'll be talking about how to reduce your rent by making improvements on the property. Chris will be sharing about his experiences with putting in offers with a landlord for a rent reduction by doing some small but significant improvements on the property. It's another way to propose a rent offset. See you next week.